Welcome to Firefighting in Canada, the podcast, brought to you by First Alert, safety you can trust. You've tuned in for compelling conversation on hot topics impacting Canada's fire service. From Hope, BC, I'm Fire Chief Tom DeSorcy. Arjuna George has over 25 years of management and leadership experience, including 24 years of exemplary service in fire, and recently is retired as fire chief with Salt Spring Island Fire Rescue. He is a certified executive coach through Royal Roads University and a member of the International Coaching Federation. He contributes a regular column to Canadian Firefighter Magazine titled From Hire to Retire and joins us today from his home on beautiful Salt Spring Island, BC. AJ, my friend, welcome to the podcast. Oh, it's my honor to be here, Tom. Thank you. I, you know, we're going to talk today about succession planning. And I mean, it's important in terms of business, in terms of public safety, in terms of just business continuity, I guess. But we'll talk more about that. Tell us about you. I mean, I, I know you very well, and you and I go way back. But in terms of your journey through fire, you're kind of like me. You started in a fire department and have been with one of them where you grew up, correct? 100%. Yeah, I'm kind of fortunate enough to say that I grew up and, uh, you know, experienced my whole fire service career in one one location, Salt Spring Island. How lucky is that, right? So, yeah, I became a firefighter uh, volunteer back in 1997 and landed the first career firefighter position in 2001. So I started a few months before September 11th. So that was quite the year to kind of interject my life into the fire service. Uh, yeah, and rose through the ranks, uh, becoming captain, training officer, assistant chief, deputy chief, and then finish off my career with doing five years as the fire chief on Salt Spring Island. Every, so definitely every, feel blessed. Every community is different in terms of what we have to uh, to face and protect. I mean, for those that are, you know, this is a national broadcast that those that don't know about Salt Spring Island, maybe a little bit of a thumbnail sketch as to some of the challenges, uh, you know, the demographics of it, where it's located. Yeah, we're on the west coast of BC, uh, beautiful Salt Spring Island. It's one of the largest, it is the largest uh, of the Gulf Islands. Uh, it's got a population of about 11,000, but escalates to about 30,000 in the summer. And the summer now is basically from April to October, November. Uh, so it's a long, long summer. Uh, yeah, we got lots of challenges, uh, lots of terrain challenges. We are on an island, so we are slightly remote. Uh, we do have many ways to get off the island and get on the island, but still it's it's a challenge. Uh, wildfire urban interface is definitely a challenge. Uh, we're on our own, so there's no other assistance. So mutual aid is definitely a challenge. Uh, and recruitment and retention for a, a volunteer organization that has career members as well as paid on calls. Uh, we really only can collect those members from our community because you can't travel to and from our community and respond locally, but work say in Victoria or something that just doesn't work. You said you were the you know, first career firefighter uh, in terms of, uh, uh, of Salt Spring that many years ago. And what's the compliment today? What did you, you started, we know where you started, but what did you leave? Uh, left with 10, 10 firefighters and it's unionized now, local 4467. Uh, there's now a chief and a deputy chief, which we'll kind of talk about in a little bit more down the road here. But uh, yeah, so there's a chief deputy chief that are exempt. 
and then there's 10 firefighters in there 24 seven around the clock. So 10, 10, 14s. Remarkable. And uh, you know, in terms of, of growth with the fire department, uh, a lot of that, I guess, unknowingly to you probably was begun as uh, it grew from when you first began in terms of, did, did you see succession planning happening or did you know it was underway? Uh, definitely. I, I feel that almost, I would say in 2001, I was being groomed for future roles in the organization. And to me, that is succession planning, preparing for the future, preparing for uh, hiccups that happen maybe accidentally, or just preparing for some continuity of, of service, of vision, of the you know the the way that we're going into the future. Uh, continuity is important for the members as well, right? So if we keep changing our game plan or changing our vision and which direction we're going, that adds nothing but confusion and kind of low morale to the rest of the organization. So yeah, I would say from almost day one, I was being mentored to fill some sort of leadership position. That must be important to, to those out there in, in, in leadership positions that, you know, you should be, whether it's a formal succession plan, it should always be in the back of your mind, I would guess. If that's, if you want your organization to succeed after you're gone, your legacy to kind of remain, uh, most fire chiefs most leaders are very proud of their organization. Uh, they don't want to see it go to shambles when they retire, right? So uh, I would say it is critical to the success of any organization, business or fire service. In your opinion, how soon do you start succession planning? Uh, I mean, your column is quite fitting when you, you know, your, your title is uh, in the magazine is from hire to retire. You know, and I, I come from a broadcasting background where I was told early on in the day that you, the moment you start looking for a new job is the moment you get your your last one and, and you start looking because you're going to be gone or something's going to happen. It's this fickle world that we live in, and especially in radio. But in terms of the fire service, you're the new fire chief. You're now in charge. Is this the time to start succession planning or at what point do you start to consider it? I would say if you don't have a succession plan, either... Uh you know, verbal or written down, today is the day to start start that process. Um, like I said, uh, succession planning will allow you to be able to retire without any added stress. So if you are the person in charge, you are that fire chief, you no longer have to stress about who's going to take your place when you leave. You don't have to stress about, um, are they going to be ready? Um, you don't have to worry about leaving in good hands. Uh, essentially, you have a good feeling of who you're leaving your big boots to fill and it just kind of it allows your legacy to, to continue on. Right. So I feel if you haven't done that today, today is the data start succession planning. And, and again, more to about why it's important. And in particular in our industry itself, why is it so important to have a succession plan in particular in the fire service? Well, in the fire service, um, I would say it's, it's, it's mission critical because as we know, uh, recruitment and retention is, a difficult challenge, even in the career organizations is becoming more and more of a challenge. So, but in our paid and call environments or volunteer environments, it is critical to maintain that continuity of vision of the way the organization is going. And uh, we owe it to our communities to be response ready 24 seven. And if we don't have a plan in place when the time comes and there's a, a you know, an emerging person leaves, uh, unexpectedly, or they retire, or they move on positions, or whatever that looks like. 
there's going to be a gap. And for the community to experience that, that's not what we're here for. We're here to be of service to our community. And that fills that gap. There's definitely five key steps to building a succession plan. And that is identifying the, the key critical positions in your organization. So the keys ones would be if, if, you're, if that position is vacant and, and it will disrupt operations, that is critical. So if, if you can ID those positions, and then the second step would be ID who are the high potential people who can fill those key roles. And when we talk about high potential people, it's not necessarily just those people with the certificates and the years in. It's, you know, we're hiring the best people for that job. Uh, we are hiring for good attitude. We're hiring for the future, the leadership potential. So it's not just strictly around the certificates. The third step is decide what they need to be supported to get to that spot. So is that mentoring? Is that training, cross-training, attending conferences together? All these kind of start supporting that succession plan. And then finally, uh, the ongoing support. So what kind of professional development do they need to continue that role? So when you do leave, they essentially just walk into that role and they feel that they're ready to take on that position. You bring up a good point in terms of, you know, bringing people up and, and through a succession plan. How does that impact recruitment? I mean, are you at some point, if you're a good leader or should a good leader be recruiting those people that would eventually, or are you just waiting to see how they turn out once they're part of the team? For myself personally, I, I recruit um, by personality, potential, attitude, over skills, and the hard skills. Uh, I firmly believe that most of those hard skills can be learned. It's those the tact of how to deal with human behavior, how to deal with people in our organization is really what will bring a person to a leadership position versus just a firefighter who's there. And the, both those key positions are critical, but if you're looking for a leadership role, it's often uh, dealing with people is a huge component and how you do that is, is critical to your success for sure. So volunteer versus career is succession planning equal for both those types of organizations or is one uh, more important than the other? I, I would say they're both equal, but in different ways. So in a paid and call environment, they're equal because really succession planning isn't just about leadership. Then it's about firefighting. It's about the, the members on the, on the ground, on the front lines, retention, recruitment. That is huge words right now. Um, we hear that in every conference we go to every article we read, it talks about recruitment and retention. I like to add also the recruitment, retention and succession. So the RRS is what I kind of together as a package now, because really, if you don't have succession planning for your volunteer organization, you're not going to have good retention and you're not going to have good recruitment. So if people don't know there's a future in your organization, if they don't know that there's opportunities for advancement, they're either not going to come and join your organization or they're not going to stay with your organization. And for career organizations, I would say we're, we're seeing a, a bigger trend of uh, actual people leaving the organization to find other occupations, even leaving the fire service. But as a, as a city Metro fire department, you definitely do not want to leave gaps of service in your leadership team. So having a succession plan uh, for all levels is critical, but even more so for the leadership ranks. 
I, I always watch, you know, look back to the culture of the volunteer service, you know, where we, where we came from and where I came from, it was an annual election for the fire chief. And it was this tr- constant turnaround and, and, you know, it was your turn or it was, you know, the most popular person that night at the annual meeting. Uh, you know, I, I think we've gotten away from that. I would like to think so in terms of the other, the volunteer world that I left behind, but in terms of uh, importance that, I mean, the volunteer side of it, the, 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 generational change is going to have a big impact on the fire service moving forward. I mean, we're running out of people. They're starting to age out. That's a concern. Is it, is it for you? Well, I think it's a concern across all industries as we're seeing right now, there's shortages on pretty much every business that you can think of. There's shortages, delays. So the fire service is no different. And the volunteer is probably even more at stake here. Volunteering has been an issue for decades. And now with, the new norm that we keep hearing about of COVID, it is uh, even escalated 10 exit, right? So we got to do our best as leaders and organizations to provide value for them to want to join. And value could mean for a lot of people potential for progression through the organization, advancement opportunities, leadership responsibilities. A lot of people really want that uh, in their lives, right? And that's a great opportunity to provide that to them. I think people need to understand that, you know, in the volunteer fire service and, and maybe, maybe per se in the career service more so, but age does not dictate retirement, you know, in terms of hitting a certain age. Uh, I know that in a volunteer world, you retire as the fire chief. That doesn't mean you're necessarily retired from life in terms of you have a business, you have a job, you still do what pays the bills, but you're stepping back from the fire chief. You still, I, I think you still need to consider that as retirement. Uh, in terms of you're stepping back maybe onto the floor, a yellow helmet again, that maybe you still need a succession plan and, and and help transition the department, even though you're still part of it, I guess is important. Yeah, well, I, I feel that I sort of broke the mold on that as well, because I retired from the fire service technically at 47 years old. Um, but I'm not retired from life or working. I, I have a whole nother chapter that I'm working on. But yeah, I think age does not matter. And I think there's going to be more and more younger people retiring from the fire service. I honestly think there's like a 20 year kind of expiry life on the best before uh, after that, you know, just like the military does. And a lot of police forces do, they, they retire at you know, a younger age and allow them to have a successful second career or retire healthy and happy and, and move on and after they've done their service. Right. So yeah, I see age being, definitely a huge component that probably a lot of fire services have not witnessed yet. Does succession planning differ in the fire service? And I think we kind of touched on this just compared with overall business. I mean, take a multinational corporation, you know, where there are executives that come and go, and I'm sure that obvious succession planning is important for the, you know, financial well-being. but again, in emergency services, are you still doing the same succession plan for replacement or do you have to have a different focus just because we are fire? No, I don't think so. I, I think all organizations, no matter if they're bringing in, you know, a million dollars in revenue or a billion dollars in revenue or your fire service that is there as to be of service, we are not manufacturing products as a fire service. We are there as a service oriented business. And our job is dealing with people and humans. And our number one asset is our people, our firefighters, right to the the fire chief. So I I feel that that group is equally as important. 
where do you begin in the succession plan? You talked about the five uh, components. Uh, and again, leaving this podcast today, when someone says, okay, I, I think this is, I've got to start. What is the first step? How do you begin to begin the future? Uh, I, I would say my first step would know your people. So know your people. And if you don't know your people well enough to know who are the next ones in line, that would be the first step in my opinion. And once again, it doesn't just have to be those with the certificates, the hard skills, uh, look at those with the right attitudes, the drive, the passion. Uh, but I also firmly believe that it should be a diverse group as well. It should be a group that is not all like-minded, that are not all thinking exactly the same. The people that are in your succession plan, especially for a leadership position, should have different points of view, should have different backgrounds, different ideas, fresh perspectives, because um, there's no point in having a cookie cutter just replacement come in because all that's doing is it's not innovating. It's not uh, growing. It's not excelling your, your organization. It's kind of just static, which can be good in the short term, but in the long term, you want growth. You want to evolve, right? We, 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 you and I existed in a world, I exist in this world where we are, you know, one of the few paid people on the department. I can see how fragile this can be because again, it does remain for the most part a volunteer organization. Whereas you parachute someone in to say, I'm out, put a job posting up and, and take the first person that comes around. You could implode the entire fire department quite simply in a small community. I mean, that that's reality, correct? Reality. And I've witnessed it in many organizations, many, many cities, um, yeah, unfortunately that is the, you know, in my personal opinion, to grow a fire chief or a leader within the organization is usually the best outcome. It's not always the best outcome, but in my opinion, that is usually the best outcome for the organization's health. And I guess how key would it be as their leader currently to actually recognize those people that, you know, are, are in your organization that you may not have put in there to, to be the next you know, the leader, but then you start to see what they can do. And uh, I guess the cream does eventually rise to the top. I, I've seen that. I mean, I'm certainly that I'm certain that other people have seen it as well. Yeah. Well, the first thing that comes to mind is empowering people is where you'll start to see, you know, great things happen. When you start to empower your, your people to start leading from the middle or leading from the bottom, leading from any position, I think that's where you'll start to see those high potential people rise to the top, like you say. And I think it's important for us to all remember that, you know, we're all replaceable. So not to necessarily own that position, but to own that position so you can make it better for the next person coming in and leave the organization, the fire service better than when you join for sure. So the the future of the fire service, I mean, I, I've got concerns. Um, you know, we we talk recruitment, we talk about the retention part of things, which is our usual thing. And, and it's, you said shortages of staff everywhere in the working world, in the non-working world. If you can't find people to work for money, how are you going to find people to work for nothing? And, and in our job, our world, which is, which is certainly very strenuous and tough, it, it's going to be a challenge. I don't know what the time clock looks like in terms of the generations, but I mean, this is an important time and having the future leaders groomed, if you will, I mean, what's your, what's your thoughts on the future of the fire service right now in Canada? Fire service future. Well, I think that is, it's been on my mind for a long time. Uh, I really feel that the, the volunteer world is on a tipping point of either collapsing or having some new generational blood come into it and just take it away. 
but it is at a tipping point for sure. Uh, like you say, how can people who either aren't working for money do this for, for free or do it for a very minimal amount of money? So my thought is the only way we're going to survive and get out of this is to make the fire service irresistible for people to join. Uh, make it make it fun. Make it where you're going to actually become a better person by the skills you learn, by the people you work with. Succession planning kind of goes into that where there's opportunities for you to grow through your fire service career. Even if you are a volunteer or a career member, everyone wants to get better. Everyone wants to excel. Everyone wants to to move to the top, right? At, occasionally. I think that the succession plan we create today is not just for our department, not just for our community, but I think you've just captured it. It's the future of the of the fire service in general. And this is all us doing our part. 100%. Appreciate your time today and look forward to your piece in Canadian Firefighter Magazine. Hire to retire, Arjuna, George on Salt Spring. And thank you for joining us today. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. Thank you for joining Firefighting in Canada, the podcast brought to you by First Alert, safety you can trust. Visit firefightingincanada.com for more episodes.